What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Well, she's got a lot of things on her mind to talk about now. She's taking care of her voice so you know that she's not going to shout now. So get your headphones ready to hear what it's all about. No Fun, the Jen Kirkman Podcast, Season 10, Episode 31, right smack in the middle of December. Everybody, I have found the patron saint of the No Fun Podcast. I have found the sole mate, the sole leader of the No Fun Podcast. He doesn't know that he is, but he is a French man, and he is unnamed, he just goes by in court documents, Mr. T, Monsieur T. I added that part. He won the legal right to not be fun at work. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't uh, introduce myself. I am your host, Jen Kirkman. Thank you for listening to No Fun. You are currently hearing this on your favorite podcast app. The first 20 minutes or so, maybe less, are always free. And if you want to hear entire episodes every week, you can join the Patreon. You can do so by clicking that link in the show notes or patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. Or go to my website, jenkirkman.com and click on No Fun Podcast for all the details. The more you pay a month, the more episodes you get, but you never pay more than $5 a month. It's either three, four, or five bucks a month. And once you join, you can do a thing that lets you listen to the Patreon version on your favorite podcast app. So there you go. You don't have to change your lifestyle at all. All right, let's get into it. It's from the Washington Post. That's fake news. Um, He was fired. He was a consultant, Monsieur T, after refusing to take part in activities that he called humiliating and intrusive. So Francis, 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 
like the country of France, not a person named Francis. Why can't I say that? That doesn't, Francis, the country of France, their highest court has ruled that a man fired by a Paris-based consulting firm for allegedly failing to be fun enough at work was wrongfully dismissed. The man, referred to in court documents as Mr. T, was fired from Cubic Partners in 2015 after refusing to take part in seminars and weekend social events that his lawyers argued included excessive alcoholism and promiscuity. (laughs) Now, I thought that was what working in Paris, France was like all the time. I thought that was just a normal day and not weekend social events. I thought there was just always some low-key, but fun, but sexy sexual harassment, the kind you like. You know that kind, ladies? Oh, they always say that to us. Well, if the guy was hot that asked to show his dick to you, you'd love it. No, I wouldn't. Let me just break down that difference, by the way, that argument. If someone was hot and they sexually harassed you, you wouldn't mind. You'd actually be more disappointed because you'd be thinking, oh, I thought this person was hot. I thought maybe they'd be, I don't know, perhaps at some point in a in a way that's socially and work-wise acceptable that maybe someday we'd go on a date. Yeah, well, maybe we'd have a fling. But now that I know this creep forces himself on women or sexually harasses them or doesn't respect them or isn't a feminist, ah, I'm so bummed. He was a contender this hot guy that I wanted to sleep with. See, it's not about, I don't want you to try to show me your dick or talk to me about my boobs or get real close to me in the office kitchen because you're ugly. It's not that women aren't turned on. I mean, they're not, but I'm saying it's not that the 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 issue here is that women are in the kitchen feeling not turned on by the quote, ugly office creep. It's that they feel their privacy and their entire agency, their self, and their safety are all being violated. So whether you're ugly or handsome, you get that feeling from that person, okay? I hope everyone I'm explaining this to, this isn't a revelation to them. And if it is, that's fine. I, I don't judge. I'm glad I could help. But maybe if you already knew, maybe I said it in a way that'll help you explain it to some bonehead that you play racquetball with. Okay. But, but... Joking aside, I really am interested to see where this article goes because truly, if I must stereotype, there is part of me now that's like, well, maybe he's just actually no fun. What do you mean he doesn't like uh, promiscuity and alcohol? I mean, what else do you do on a weekend in Paris? All right. Mr. T had argued that the, quote, fun culture in the company involved humiliating and intrusive practices, including mock sexual acts, crude nicknames, and obliging him to share his bed with another employee during work functions. Why is there a bed at a work function? (laughs) What is that? Is there just a bed in everyone's cubicle? Get out of here, Marlene. This is my bed. I mean, unless it's a weekend getaway. In its judgment this month, the Court of Cassation ruled that the man was entitled to, quote, freedom of expression 
and that refusing to participate in social activities was a fundamental freedom under labor and human rights laws and not a grounds for dismissal. Let's take that in for a moment. Refusing to participate in social activities is a fundamental freedom under labor and human rights laws. I'm moving to France. I mean, I'm social, but when I don't want to be social, I want to be able to sue you for trying to make me be. Now, I know he was sued. He was suing because they fired him for not being social. Where can I move where I can sue you for saying, any fun plans this weekend? while I'm just trying to get a bikini wax. No, why would you wax your pubic area if you're not gonna have fun? Because I like how it feels. But I'm gonna go straight to bed in my pajamas and watch Hallmark movies, okay? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. But I, I do, I want, I want to be able to, I just want to sue everybody who's out there trying to have what I call like basic fun. Well, I didn't make that up, but stereotypical fun. It's when I go somewhere really loud where I like shout in someone's face and just get a little bit of spittle right on their lips so that they get um, RSV and flu and COVID. That's just like what I think is fun. Okay. Let's keep reading. According to the court documents, the man, Mr. T, Mr. T, was hired by Cubic Partners. That, that company does not sound fun, by the way. C-U-B-I-K. I don't know what they do. They make cubes. They make icks. I don't know what they do, but it sounds boring. I can see why they think they have to jazz it up on the weekends. Uh, we've got to attempt uh, to stick our fingers in everybody's uh, body parts on the weekend because cubic is so bored during the week. Why don't you just name your company Fun Times Partners? And then, you know, You'll have so much fun going into work every day looking at that sign that you won't feel the need to sexually harass anyone on the weekends or get super drunk. Jen, can you just get through the article? I'm trying. Okay, so according to court documents, he was hired by Cubic Partners as a senior consultant in February 2011, and he was promoted to director in February 2014. All right, there you go. Took three years, he made his way up. Good for you, Mr. T. He was fired for, quote, professional incompetence in March 2015 for allegedly failing to adhere to the firm's convivial values. The company also criticized his sometimes brittle and demotivating tone towards subordinates and alleged inability to accept feedback and differing points of view. Now, this is curious, right? Because you could have someone like all of the right-wing people in my family. I wouldn't even call them right-wing because I feel like that would be more of an honest ideal ideology that while different influences in your life have sh have shaped you, you weren't perhaps conned or brainwashed into it the way that members of my family have been by Trump and Fox News, who were previously not right wing. They may have been moderate, independent, even downright left of center, but never right wing. 
you know, right wing is is the Cheney family, right? You can be right wing and then you cannot like Trump and you can be like, listen, I want to invade Iraq. I want to, you know, vote down the Voting Rights Act, but I don't want anyone trying to storm the Capitol. I'm right wing, right? So I'd say the recently brainwashed Trumpy members of my extended family, they might say something like, to someone like me, if I spoke to them, well, you can't take feedback in differing points of view. And it's like, yeah, I can't take the feedback that goes like this, you suck, you stupid libtard. And I can't take the differing point of view that maybe, um, you know, that maybe uh, Trump is innocent and every single person that has turned against him, including members of his own family and people that used to work for him, are lying, fake news, and George Soros is paying them. That That's not a differing point of view. It's not a differing point of view that Hitler had some good ideas. It's not a differing point of view. That is a wrong point of view. There is right and wrong. There just is. So I wonder if this guy had an inability to accept that kind of feedback and that kind of a differing point of view, or if he really is a dick. I'm going to lean towards, he sounds like he might be a dick, but I don't care. I We need a patron saint for this podcast. His brittle and demotivating tone. Now, that could easily be me when I'm getting my manicure and someone goes, any big plans this weekend? And I'm like, no. Oh, well, maybe next weekend. No, I don't like to, I don't like fun things. I'm I'm older. That's brittle and demor- demotivating. Oh, now I don't really want to do it, man. I care if you're not going to have fun. So, okay, Cubic Partners did not, immediately respond to a request from the Washington Post for comment. I like how they put that word immediately in there. I don't know why I'm fixated on that. Hi, I'm Marcy from the Washington Post. I sent them an email and it's been four minutes and I haven't heard back. I know it's three in the morning, Paris time, but um, why wouldn't you immediately respond? Like I would totally immediately respond. Like I have um, sounds, you know, notifications on on my phone and I will just pick it up and do it. So I don't they didn't immediately respond. It is not the first time that a company's drinking culture has come under the microscope in court proceedings. So, you know, this article goes on to say that in the white collar culture, even after the Me Too mo- movement, you know, companies are still having these alcohol fueled parties, and some firms have introduced booze chaperones at company events in hopes of avoiding issues like this. (laughs) An auditor at PricewaterhouseCoopers in England sued that company over severe injuries he sustained at work, um, at a work event, because they were making a competitive virtue of excessive drinking. And he fell down the street, went into a coma, and later had part of his skull removed because he was participating in that nonsense at the company event. Okay. But France is among the world's most liberal countries in terms of alcohol consumption, and the legal minimum age for consuming alcohol in public is 18, but there's no regulation of alcohol consumption in private. That's where the article ends. I mean, I know nothing about this man. This Washington Post bitch, she just gave up writing this article. She's like, well, they didn't immediately respond. Guess what? I'm going to go on to talk about other cases. I'm just going to leave it there. I mean, come on. Am I going to have to do my own research here? Like like Joe Rogan or something? 
like some anti-vaxxer doing her own research. It's interesting, though, because of the two times I've been to Paris. What? You've been twice? You're so worldly. I, I don't recall at all seeing what I would consider a culture of heavy drinking. Um, well, it doesn't say it's a country of that. It says liberal country in terms of alcohol consumption. So I don't know, maybe I just never saw drunk people in the street. I really didn't. I mean, I was probably the drunk person in the street, you know, um, because I know the two times I went to Paris, there was this kind of like wild abandon feeling, you know, that, that you would think I would have had when I went to Amsterdam, which I didn't have at all. But in Paris, it was like, I'm just, I'm buying a pack of cigarettes. I'm going to drink wine the whole time. And, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't, people aren't messy there. The way they are in, in London. I mean, I've spent so much time in London, would go 10 days out of every year, sometimes twice a year. Um, so what, two weeks out of every year for the last like 10 years doing shows there. And just five o'clock on the dot. I mean, people must be leaving work at 4.30, just five o'clock on the dot. The pubs are spilling out into the streets, even in the cold weather. Loud. People already seem like they're drunk by five o'clock. At night, it's just roving men, just ugh, drunk. It's really, really very drunky and drinky. And again, it's like, it's that beer, just like you can smell beer in the air, the way that you could smell bodies and burning steel in the air on 9-11. I'm not kidding. You can smell beer in the air in London. And... They have now not even porta potties. They have urinals in the street that you can pee in if you're a man. I don't know. Women, I guess, can go fuck themselves or wear a diaper, but it it's partitioned with like three walls. But you can, if you're walking behind it, you're like, oh, there's a guy peeing in a urinal. It's really gross. I actually never much enjoyed my time in London out at night. I did go to a couple private clubs they have these like you know like they have like have you heard of the soho house that's like in london and there's one in new york and la and but the the culture of joining a club um it, it, like in new york and la for from my experience it's more like you're in the entertainment industry and you want somewhere where other people are and you might not get recognized and i don't know whatever you pay a fee every year it's pretty expensive and but the ones in London, it's more, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, my UK listeners, because I'm probably wrong, but from what I was told that, you know, things close pretty early in London. There, I There's no like, oh, this bar's open until 2 a.m. Like things start to wind down around 11, I think. So if you want to go out late, if you're a member of one of these clubs, like the Soho House or like, I forget the name of something else, um, you go there and, you know, they're huge and many rooms and blah, blah, blah. And... um you know, like members only clubs for drinking. And I've been to a few. Um, there was Soho House and I forget what the other one was, but I've gone with like, my management company is British. And um, so I have like manager people over in London and like we would go out and we'd have meetings. I went to a private club once with famed director Edgar Wright, who was like a low key acquaintance of mine. And we were both in London at the same time. And um, we went to this thing like after one of my gigs. And so and it was super fun. And then I went with some other people. I was going to do, there was this one time I was going to host a political talk show in London. Can you imagine? <laughs> I went 
been so bad at it. I think um, they were going to pair me up with a Brit. It would be me and a British person talking politics. And I had so many meetings about it. It didn't go. Thank God. I mean, it really, guys, it was not the right time to do it. It would have been in that right before Trump, right before the Trump of Britain. Oh my God, why am I blanking on his name with the crazy hair? Anyway, that just resigned last year. Um. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm never going to remember. By the time you hear this, you're screaming at your radio right now. I know I know his name. Um, I'm going to Google the Trump of Britain and see if, yeah, John, Boris Johnson, literally. Oh, because they do. I didn't realize that Britain called him that. Okay, anyway. Um, it, it just, there was too much going on politically in the sense that, you know, I was battling the disinformation that was happening in America that was affecting the right and the left. And most people on the left didn't believe me that disinformation was happening. Even people that weren't victims of it, they just thought that can't happen to our side. And I was getting a lot of resistance from both sides and, pardon me. And uh, yeah, it just... It wouldn't have been good. I would have come off like a lunatic, I think. So I just saved that for Twitter for free. Got got just looked like a lunatic for free and got harassed for free instead of doing it on a TV show where there would have been. But that's the thing. There would have been producers and editors. And I, I don't know. I maybe would have. Been, I just don't think I would have liked it. I wouldn't have liked being restricted, but I also wouldn't have liked being let let free, if that makes sense. It, sometimes some things are best kept to yourself. But anyway, I, I'm on the many meetings. I went to some of these private clubs with you know, the would-be producer and the would-be net and the network person. And, and, you know, once you go to one of these private clubs and it doesn't close till two, it's like the meeting starts at 10, you know, these would always be after my gigs. Cause I would do gigs every night when I was there. So there was never like a free night. And I just like, we're there till 2am and I'm like, <laughs> I don't even, one time I had this meeting about this show and like the network executive was like asleep on the couch by the end of it. There was just like a separate, he just wandered into a, one of the other rooms. It's sort of like you're in someone's big mansion and all the rooms are just like parlor rooms and living rooms. And you're just asleep. And I was like, this meeting has been great. I love these people. You know, that was like the debauchery that I had craved in Paris. But I went private debauchery people with, you know, um, people who have money to have these memberships. But yeah, the pubs on the street, not for me. Okay, that with some personal info that normally is only for the Patreon version. So y'all got pretty lucky. But let's go back to finding out about the man in Paris um, who got fired for not being fun and then won a lawsuit. Let's just go back to him and let's just say, let's just pretend that he's everything we dream him to be, that he is fun in his own way. Maybe he does stay in on a Friday night and folds laundry and and opens up a nice glass of wine and has one respectable glass and then goes to bed and likes to get up at 6 a.m. on Saturdays to get things done so that he can nap at 4 p.m. Gets up at 6 a.m. on Saturday, but naps from like 4 to 6 or 3 to 5. 3 to 5. Nothing nothing at 3 p.m. makes... 3 p.m. is the worst time of day. The worst. 
It's not the magic hour, 4 p.m. It's not sun starting to set. Ooh, we're starting to get into that, like, when can we open the wine feeling or the Christmas lights go on? It's not morning where you get to have your hot coffee and be like, ooh, I just woke up. I'm kind of dreamy. I'm kind of sleepy. It's not that fun lunch time where, you know, maybe you go to lunch or run a fun errand on your lunch hour, get your mani-pedi. What, the three o'clock, ugh. Uh, everyone should be asleep from 3 to 4.30 every day. And then at 4.30, you wake up, sun's starting to set. This is like a wintertime scenario. And then you go have a fun night, whatever fun is for you, unless it's something stupid like going to a club and screaming in people's faces. But anyway, I would like to know more about being forced to share this bed. You know, I may have to go to Paris and investigate myself because Every I'm Googling this this information and every article is the same and that it just kind of ends. So it will never end here. Mr. T, Monsieur T, you are the patron saint of the No Fun Podcast. Thank you for fighting for the right to not have to have fun. And everyone will continue this episode over on Patreon. Please do join us. It's all I want for Christmas is for you to join the Patreon. And once you're over there, if you do want to go to patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman, once you join, there's comments, you know, like every episode, like people that listen comment and we all talk to each other and we learn things and we have fun and there's no arguing and there's no, I mean, there's weirdos. I mean, everyone who listens to this podcast is a giant weirdo. I'm not going to tell you there's not weirdos. We're all weirdos, but it's nice weirdos. You know what I mean? No one in there's being a freak. So This week, I'm going to talk about what I used to do on message boards in 2001. It was really, really, really embarrassing. Um, The Bling Ring documentary on Netflix. Kirk Cameron's story time. People are in trees. The Nextdoor app is apoplectic and a listener email. All right. So see you over on Patreon. And if not, I'll see you here next week on the free version. Until next week, have fun. Have fun. 